2: This is Kelly Henderson, and you are listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast. What if I told you that all of your dreams are actually possible if you truly want to make them happen? That dream job, the relationship, the happiness and satisfaction that we all want? According to author Lauren Zander, the reason our dreams aren't actually happening has nothing to do with anyone or anything going on around us, but it has everything to do with us. Lauren wrote the book, Maybe It's You, where she teaches readers the art of dreaming, if you are aware of your dreams, do you know the steps you need to take to get them? Or maybe you're like me and you don't even know what some of your dreams are yet. Lauren is here to help and gave me the full lowdown in our conversation. Here's Lauren. Okay, so as I was saying to you, I've been reading the book. The book is Maybe It's You. And I have to tell you, I've you know i done a lot of therapy. I like to think of myself as pretty self-aware. And then I started reading this book and I thought, holy shit. <laughs> Can't believe Yeah. Yeah, the reason some of the things that I want aren't happening in my life is totally my own fault.
3: Yes. And fault is not a dirty word. Yeah. It's more like the like I, I actually have used that it's like a fault line, like the fault line in the world. Okay. Right? Like where the teutonic lights meet, Right. Like there's there's fault. Yes, that's true. You were raised poor or your father left. Or yeah. like there's fault. But that's not a reason.
2: Okay, like
3: that's that's like no. That's where you have to know your cavities, so that you can evolve from there. Right? Well, because everyone
2: like it, has shit, right? right? Like we've all gone through think, stuff or had our own experiences that make us react in certain ways. But the whole point of this book, for what I'm, what I took away from it, was you can still create the life you want. You got
3: to start with the dark to create the light, not
2: the other way around. Okay. Right. Like, so,
3: and I really don't think dark, you know, I equate dark with nighttime.
2: Right. Right.
3: Like, that's not bad. It's just dark. Yeah. Right. And you need, and you need, right. So, there's a way we don't like to talk about the way we lie, the way we, you know, fired someone, the way we yelled, the way, like, we don't like having shit. Yeah. And so then that forces us to lie and blame. Right. And explain away that like you made me. Right. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have. Yeah. Right. And so that is the source of why we lose our power because we don't own our dark side.
2: So you've created this whole method. It's called the Handle Method, and mm-hmm. you first of all, I mean, you're basing this off of your own experience in life, right? Like it's not like you're just looking at everyone else saying, "Oh, well, this is what's wrong with you guys. Let me help. Let me help you fix oh, it."
3: Oh, yeah. No, it was. I was my first guinea pig.
2: What happened? I really
3: was. I, you know, I, I was such an asshole. <laughs> wow. Um. So. I cheated my way through all of high school.
2: Like actually uh, cheated?
3: So, ha, yes, literally cheated. Okay. If you want to know how I cheated, I was raised Orthodox Jew, which means I knew Hebrew. And if you understand Hebrew, it's the alphabet in a different like letters, right? Like it's the B is a bet, right? Yeah. And I used to be able to write out all my answers in phonetic Hebrew, right? So even if someone knew Hebrew, they couldn't figure out what the hell I did. <laughs> and I could lay the sheet out on the floor in front of me, and no one would know I ever cheated on every exam.
2: Oh my God. That's pretty crafty. Yeah, I, was- I mean, A for effort. I- <laughs> you
3: know, S for snake, right. <laughs> right? And, um, and so, the, you know, I, and no one knew it, right. Yeah. And so then getting clacked for when you're a liar, right, made me feel so cold, right. So, and then I cheated to top, never mind did I cheat everywhere in school. I also cheated on every boyfriend I had,
2: okay right
3: like I was like what you didn't know never hurt you was the philosophy okay right and so I and no one ever caught me right I was funny I was adorable I was who they like no one's even like no unless I went back and told everybody all my criminal behavior they never would have guessed it
2: wow so I was
3: a snake right that and a snake you at least know it's coming right right so wow So, and then my big transformation was when I figured out that I didn't love, like I didn't feel love. I didn't, when I said I love you, I didn't feel it or mean it in a way that you're supposed to, right? So here I was this badass captain of the team, like I was this, you know, persona that was fake as fuck. And I realized it was all my fault. That was the original, maybe it's me.
2: Because right. you weren't then, letting yourself go there because you weren't letting people in. Like, what was your first kind of realization? What did it come or what did it look like?
3: I couldn't feel. I wasn't happy. Yeah. It was like I, I had the boyfriend. I had the school. I had the Like I had all the things, but was like, but on the inside, I was a lying, cold manipulator yeah ultimately right and and I didn't really love my best friend and I didn't I like I didn't feel or my ideals were a farce but no one knew it except me wow and I had a very spiritual experience um, because I went to Israel by myself and traveled Europe by myself by myself like right me my five cassette tapes my backpack And just literally went out into the world, stayed on a kibbutz for six weeks, and you know, cooked vegetarian food for 350 people. But there was no one who really could speak English, so I was like alone for the first time in my life. And I had some really, you know, magical experiences, right? That that made me like break free of what an asshole I was. And I literally, I don't recommend this to anybody. But I came home and told the truth to everyone, every boyfriend, every friend, every lie I was holding for other people. I told the truth about school. I told everyone who would listen. I sat my parent, my Orthodox Jewish parents down and told them how many people I had sex with in their bed.
2: Oh my God.
3: <laughs> like I blew up.
2: You went to the opposite uh, extreme.
3: I literally blew up who everyone thought I was so I could feel alive again and be present and right. apologize and eat crow and and be true to myself for the first time in my life.
2: So thus began the journey into creating now once you blew up who you were you were like okay yeah. well now I have to relearn how to live.
3: Yeah, I had then it actually you know, I had to make new friends. <laughs> yeah.
2: So completely starting hey, over.
3: I really started over. Like I started over. Like I had no, like, you know, and every one of those people that I apologize to, you know, um, I'm, you know, at least Facebook friends with now. Right. So like <laughs> I, I like really cried and really explained, like I like did, I made amends. Right. Like yeah. I went through it and until, you know, I was free. And and owned, like, so I could say exactly what I'm saying right now, in a way that people would truly also want to come clean, maybe, right, and really start to understand that the source of darkness in humans is the ability to lie for others, but really pretend you're doing it to keep your mom happy. Cause you know, like we start to keep secrets. We, we believe it and it locks us into our personality. So it was my lies that had me, not me who had my lies. Wow. And then that like revelation blew myself into a way more present human being. And then I started meditating and then I I could like be open to everything. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So as, as you were going through that in your own, your own process, what were you, what were you learning that you were like, I have to go tell other people about this. And like, you had to, you felt like you needed to start teaching other people about what you were learning.
3: Um, that didn't happen until I changed. So I was an environmental studies major Okay, and I really was like early, late eighties. I was, you know, you people are killing my goddamn planet, right? Like you guys, like, I like, Oh my God. Right. Like, You know, so I was like I was not very good at science, but I was um, devoted to save the planet and save the water and save the seals and save everything. Right. And then it was like the work, like I hated the work. Yeah. But I thought that that was what work was. And um, and then I realized that the way it felt was so wrong, like this can't be my fulfillment. Right. I can't hate my career because it's right,
2: right. Right. Someone has to
3: do it. Right. And then what I realized when I was 22 um, and now I'm, I'm turning 50 um, when I was 22, I realized that I was save the trees, kill the people. And then I had the revelation. Oh, people don't see the trees. Right. It's not the tree. The trees are going to be fine. Right. The humans aren't going to make it. Right. And so then I I really had the biggest cry of my life. I can remember it. And I really apologized to my parents for studying the wrong thing. And I became like I, you know, decided I was headed for self-help. Right. Like I I wasn't going to go back to school because that's not my forte. But I was going to go to wherever people were doing self-help.
2: This was at 22. Yeah. Wow.
3: Yeah. I left a great job at the United Nations that I thought was my dream. And it was really a nightmare. And I told the truth about that, quit that and got my first job in self-help.
2: Wow. And
3: yeah. then my joke was I ran away from that cop I ran away from that company screaming eventually. But thank God I stayed there and learned everything I learned there because it helped me figure out what I would do that was basically the opposite of that. Okay. Yeah.
2: So the handle method you say in your book is a step-by-step coaching process that addresses one's entire life. It teaches people how to dream, how to realize every last one of their dreams and how to clean out their closets, both literal and figurative, so that they can have the lives that they are wildly proud of. Yay. (laughs) So you've put this now into this book. Why does this method work? What's been your experience? Why does this work?
3: Um, Because I, first of all, I'm in love with human beings. I think we're epic. We can change it. Like, we're we're epic. Um, But we don't have language or processes that help us be true to ourselves. Right? They're like my, you know, we are so busy teaching our kids. Algebra, math, Christopher Columbus, like read every book that was read before you. Yeah. Right? Like, the, like the, the, the way we teach, grow up as a human has zero being education.
2: Oh, my God. Like, I so agree with that.
3: Right. And, and, you know, people don't even know how to pick their lover. People don't know right. how to talk about sex. People don't know how to figure out their own values. Yes. So the entire method is a construct to get you to answer all the questions of your higher self and conquer your lower self. Your lower self says, get back, you know, roll over. Don't go for a run. Don't tell them to touch you there. Uh, Don't tell your boss you want this. Don't do that. You'll get like so fear." Rules, society—you could say—and yeah. freedom and freak flags and go be true to yourself—is um, not taught. And so, I have been pioneering how to get a human to to develop their own language on on what they want, on who they are, on what what works about you, what doesn't work about you. Like, and when you say it yourself, and you know yourself. That's the act of loving yourself. And then I can teach courage and I can teach promises and I can teach, like then I can teach you what I know that makes all of us great.
2: And it's not about what, I mean, it's not about at all beating yourself up. It's like what you said about just getting honest with yourself. Um,
3: Um, I teach people to have a, an epic sense of humor about being human. What do you mean? Um, no one, everyone feel, like, one of the things I teach is that fe- we think feeling bad when you don't do something you said you would do is, like, a way, like, that suffering is, like, a cleansing good thing versus bullshit. Like, feeling bad is bullshit. Like, I, re- if you're going to watch Netflix till 2 in the morning, have fun, Right? Do you, do you understand? Like, like why instead I of
2: beating up? yourself up over everything. Yeah.
3: Like literally you're eating the bag of chips while you're watching till two in the morning. And then you feel like shit about yourself. Yeah. And a- as if that's going to inspire you not to do it the next right. night. <laughs> right. So we learn to loathe ourselves for the actions we're taking that we don't respect. And as if that loathing did anything but get another bag of chips the next night because now you think you're really just sucked. And then you make up theories about yourself that, you know, my mother was never good at it. I'll never be good at it. Right. So then we have these theories that I call weather reports, like we weather report ourselves, except we don't believe in ourselves to that it's really one day at a time and nothing's true. Nothing's true about any of us. Nothing. What, do you mean? what you did yesterday doesn't mean anything about today. Now it really is predictable if you're still there saying the same thing in that head of yours that you'll do the exact same right. thing you did yesterday. Yes, there's science that backs that up. But if I could get my hands on you, you have the ability to make and keep promises to yourself, right? With a you know with a consequence, right? I need if I need a consequence, you need a consequence, <laughs> right? And consequences are, are what I say is using the dark for light, right? Like when I wanted to um, meditate twice a day, right? It was very simple. Here's how I made sure I meditated twice a day for my, you know, I only did 10 minutes, everybody. I didn't do the 20, right? But what I did was I said, no coffee till I meditated. And no screen time till I meditated. Do you have any idea how easy it was to do my
2: meditation? Right. As because long as you- that was like a Easy. You wanted the coffee and you wanted the screen time. Yeah. Yes. So then what did meditating okay. become a habit?
3: Um, I met. Yeah. I mean, I do something else now. I really manifest. I do something different. Right. Okay. I do something different, but I love meditation. I believe in meditation. I meditated for five years straight. Like I have done that, but I now do some- I do art. I make art instead. Right. I, yeah. I do something different now, but and I love it. But it's like a meditation process. Okay. Um, but yes, when I, you know, Emily Fletcher is a very good friend of mine and a teacher that I love. And um, I promised, I, I brought her into my company to teach meditation to everybody and do a two-day. And then we all took it on for six weeks straight. And so then I was in on it for six weeks straight. So it's like, you know, I love flavors of lots of flavors of people's ability to teach great shit.
2: So can we talk about how you teach people how to learn how to dream though, because that is a part of this whole process and what you were just talking about, you know, like you do have to reward yourself and I want to get into the weather report stuff that you talk about later. But, um, but first do you see a consistent theme amongst your clients or people who read this book on why we have a a hard time even knowing what our dreams are? Yes. What so there's a,
3: few good a- there's a few good answers, okay? Okay. The, fir- the first is really sad. So everybody, you know, hold your breath for a second, okay? Everybody, <gasps> okay. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, according to science, I could tell you the study, but according to science, human beings, over 80% of our thoughts are negative.
2: Wow, 80%?
3: Over, eight, wait, it gets worse. That's not even the worst part ready for the worst part
2: okay i guess
3: (laughs) and and repeating from the day before
2: so just what you were actually just talking about yeah
3: so like you know like the person who has road rage and right and drives down and gets pissed at everybody drive everybody's driving yes you know they do it every time they're driving right and every time you go into the refrigerator and you're like oh you know, I should eat that apple, but look, it's my kids' rice pudding, right? I deserve that. Today was hard, right? Like how many days, right? So we our logic, we don't witness our logic and our negative thoughts about ourselves or what's happening are repeating and proving themselves every day. We, we're just along for the ride. So because we're not engaged in taking over our inner dialogue, we don't hear how dismal it is. You understand? Yeah. So, so we don't
2: even—we're not realizing we're doing any of that stuff. No, we really it's completely think subconscious.
3: It, it's 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 subconscious and it validates itself, right? It isn't that you aren't going to work and being a great nice person. Like there's many things about each of us that is naturally positive, and just like it takes nothing for you to be nice or kind to every Starbucks, you know, like anywhere you go. Yeah. like No one can make you stop that. And it's natural for you, right? There's also dark shit that you can't stop. Like the positive doesn't stop either. It's just we don't have enough of what we want that's really positive. Okay. Right? And so the greatest interrupter to all of this is to ask a person to have a vision for not just the three areas of life everybody focuses on.
2: What are the three areas everyone focuses on?
3: Your relationship, your love life, Uh your career, making Uh money, and your health. Okay. If it's, you know, and then your children and then maybe that your fam. like, but like fun and adventure, learning, like really making money, really having the career of your dreams. Like no one's really, everyone thinks they're like, well, because my dad was this guy and I have, right. We all have all our logic for why we can't have epic dreams. And so to ask a person to start to dream, like I have never um, read a dream, I, even, no matter how successful the person is, that doesn't come with all their fears riddled in their dream. Like that my husband and I um, get good at having difficult conversations. Yeah, You know, like that sounds positive, but can you hear what the woman really thinks?
2: Right. I thought that was so interesting because in the book you give um, – Throughout the book, you're giving examples of a couple of your clients' experience, yes. which was super helpful to me because I could see myself in so many of the things that they did. And I did, yes. I just wasn't aware, like you said, I just wasn't aware of the voices in my head. Yeah. And so much of um, what their first dreams would be were very much just like, yes, riddled in fear or... Um, kind of putting the blame on someone else or just making the excuse and kind of like, uh, I hope maybe, you know, I could get this or, yeah. you know, something like that, which I thought was so fascinating. Yes, we are.
3: If I said, tell me all the reasons you can't have your dream, you could write for.
2: Oh, I could write a full novel about it. Right. Yes. And if
3: I tell you to write all the reasons you can have your dream. You will find a pity party starts to form.
2: Do you want to know what my first reaction was is I've never been good at dreaming. I thought, (laughs) and then I read that that was like pretty common. (laughs) Um, I thought, I thought to myself, because I know, you know, I know certain people um, who from a young age have been like, I know that I want to do this with my life. And I've just really never felt that way. Like I've had certain things I like more than others, but i immediately responded with, well, I don't know what my dreams are because, you know, I, I completely downplayed any sort of success I've had as maybe I just lucked into it or something.
3: Yes. It's it's one of the most um, convenient ways to never have to know yourself deeply.
2: What do you mean?
3: So you're, I want you to know if you, if you got stuck with me for a little while, uh, huh. Right, And I read your hauntings and I read your parent traits and then I read the dreams you write. Like when you do the first exercise, write the whole first thing. What you will find is the way you trapped yourself into your lower self that doesn't believe what the higher self came to do. Like it's a battle between dark and light, higher self, lower self, yin yang. And in your lower self, you can hear your higher self's dream, but we never sit down and study ourselves. Like, what could be more cool than to fall in love with our issues and our dreams, right? But, you know, how much time have you spent writing out your dreams, learning how to really understand yourself? Like, we have zero. Yeah. Right? And if I even asked you to spend a day on it, it would, like, seem an exhausting tale, right? But if I said, you know, do you have kids? Do you want your kids to have their dreams? Do you want them to get prolific at dreaming? Or do you want them to tell you why the world doesn't accept dreams?
2: Wow. Yeah. It's like, it's so sad
3: and it's so the opposite of who we're meant to be.
2: If you know anything about me, you know, I am a massive creature of comfort. It is one of my top priorities in life to make my surroundings comfortable at all times. So when I found Cozy Earth, I quickly scooped up all of the luxurious bedding and loungewear that I could. The temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew add comfort and a touch of style to any travel ensemble, and their bedding comes in the most adorable totes, making it a super easy gift to give anyone. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code Edge at the checkout for an exclusive 35% off and let them know we sent you when you're at the checkout.
0: This is it. Your moment.
4: Go to Nix.com. That's K-N-I-X.com.
2: It's so true about (laughs) that immediately when I, because there's 12 different areas of your life that you talk about dreaming, which are self, body, love, spirituality, career, money, time, home, family, friends, fun and adventure, community, and contribution. And I read that list and I thought, it just seems so daunting. It was like, I'm supposed to write a dream for all of these things. And like, That in and of itself felt a little exhausting to me. You're right. Like that was my immediate response. I know. But then I also read it and I thought, I can't, I cannot tell you what my dreams are in a lot of those areas at this point. So obviously I need to do this.
3: (laughs) Yes. And then what happens, here's the beauty of doing it. Okay. I know no, no one has to believe me, but, but it's, I swear true. Um, when you write your dreams and you connect to them spiritually, emotionally, and physically, like, okay, like, I'm sitting down, I'm writing this, I'm looking for it, I'm following these instructions, I'm taking the time to really ask myself how to fulfill on my life's mission, like, what's my life's mission? Yeah. Right? Um, what no one expects is that when your head says you're exhausted you feel exhausted when your head says i want to make twice as much money next year providence moves too right like the world doesn't work the way we literally think it does like hammer a nail if i don't hammer the nail it won't stick to the wall right no the inner dialogue is always going to sleep. It's conjuring. It's talking to itself when it's singing a song. It's like, oh, we are so much more spiritual than we've ever known. Right. Yeah. And we don't have any access to it. We don't tap in. We don't have language for it. Right. And religion has done such a fucked up number, nothing personal to anyone who loves it and it's working for them. But there's, there's this way it does. It's like God is outside of you, yeah. like pray to that and, and like get on your knees, people, versus that, that it's inside of you, right? Your spirituality, your soul, your love of yourself, your aspirations, your mission, if you don't talk to it, it can't rule you, mm. right? More people check out astrology than they ask themselves what's most important to them. <laughs>
2: I'm probably guilty of that. <laughs> I, mean,
3: I didn't say don't like astrology and I didn't say don't pray in a time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Coming but after it's those true. Things. We don't have language. For, yeah. And we don't force ourselves to have language inside of our, like we don't take over our inner dialogue and then we don't even hear the one that's in there. And then if I literally could get you to hear the one that's in there, I can get you to take it over and really start to get that that is the most critical place to create your life from. Mm -hmm. What you say to yourself, how you talk to yourself. And no one understands that it's so relative in there, right? If you decide your husband's hot, you'll sleep with him tonight. If you think your husband should have done X, Y, and Z six months ago, you're allowed to deprive him of sex. And then you never wonder about your
2: own sexuality. It's his fault. Right. That was really interesting. There's a lot about relationships in this book. And so and I've seen this in my own life. I see this in my friend's life. But where you're unhappy in a situation, yet you are just holding on to the bad as the reasons why you're doing everything you're doing. And you're not actually doing anything to change the nature of the relationship.
3: Yeah. And then you don't also come clean because you already decided they can't handle you know. Right. Every every everyone think of, you know, what's his face? Jack Nicholson and that one. You, you can't, can't handle handle <laughs> the truth. Right? And it's like we are crazy with what we believe that has never hit the light of day.
2: Yeah. So you say in the book, maybe that, or that you have some good news and some bad news for people. And it's the part about that maybe it's you, you know, that the maybe part is just an outright lie. Like it's, it's you, it's just you. So talk about that.
3: Um, it it was always a joke I made, like, um, originally from like, why don't I feel loved right back in the day? Why Mm -hmm. do I feel like I don't trust anyone? Right? Like, why do like, oh, I'm not trustworthy. Right? Like, why don't I feel love? I don't really love anyone because I won't tell them the truth. Like, oh, shit. Maybe it's me. Yeah. Right. Like and then when you and then I say that first about everything, like I still need that tagline. Everyone be clear. <gasps> this isn't going the way I want it to. And instead of going, it's my husband's fault. It's my kid's fault. Right. I'm like, oh, maybe it's me. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. you rip the maybe off like a band. And then you go, if it's me, I can do something about it. Like, what do I need to do about it? Like, what do I need? Like, I need a good cry. I need to figure out what my dream is here. I need to share my dream with my 16-year-old daughter, right? Like, oh, shit, right? Like, nothing's fixed. Nothing is the way my head says it is.
2: So that's why it's good news, though, because it's that you actually have things that you can do about your unhappiness.
3: That is the whole, like, there is nothing fixed about, where, you know, I just, I helped, you know, I just, um, you know, I helped a very famous guy lose a hundred pounds. Wow. But he like, you know, and he's, he's turning 50. He's never lost the weight. Right. And he just lost a hundred pounds and he has a girl. Like the dream also is so critical because it then gives you the what for, for changing your behaviors. Mm. Right.
2: The motivator.
3: It, it like, and if you're not motivated to lose the weight and if you're not motivated, to, it's like you want, like everyone wants millions of dollars. No one would raise their hand, right. but no one wants to do the work. Right. right. It isn't, there isn't a chick in the world that doesn't want to be some size, you know, sexier and cuter that jumps into jeans and likes to be in bikini. We all raise our hand. Yes, I would like that. Right. Where's the pill. Right. The pill? <laughs> right. And then if you don't have a dream about what it is to be healthy and vital and sexy and free, you will not do the work. You will not learn to love, you know, spin class, right? Like those people that are in there have a vision for their whole life, right? And so some people are born with it. I certainly wasn't. Yeah. Right. And so then you can vote, but we all have the ability.
2: And it's so we were saying earlier, you know, that everyone's kind of got their shit or you've had your relationships like I know immediately for me when I was reading some of these dreams, I was like, right. Like, what if you're in a relationship with an asshole or what if your parents were abusive and you're not saying like, oh, that's okay, or oh, you have no reason to be upset. Like, it's not taking responsibility for those people's behaviors, but you're just saying to take your power back.
3: Well... You know, I probably think that your, like, the only thing that was, you know, I'll call it God-given. Uh-huh. Was, you know, what you look like, your family, like your mom, dad, siblings. You know, the culture you were born into, right? Like, and all of those characteristics. So I do believe that lineage which is the history of all of our histories that we were born into Uh that the one of the most powerful shifts I ever made is stop feeling like, like who asked for this shit, but like, oh, I asked for it. Like these, this is like, this is my, this is what I came here for. I came here to work on my family, my lineage, my body, my love, right? Like, so I actually believe we chose those things, even though we don't remember being invited to the party. Does that make sense? So yeah, I do it does. Believe we were bo- and your gifts,
2: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And
3: I also, and, but also in there is your, your greatest mission for fulfilling on your life.
2: Yeah. Why are you here? Yeah.
3: So there's like two movies that I think sum it up. If anybody wants to get a good laugh. Okay. Like two movies that mimic it. One is Defending your life.
2: I've not her. And of the that. other,
3: it's epically, it's like Goofy from the 80s. Okay. Um, and it's Albert Brooks, but pretty, and M- Meryl Streep is in it. And, um, you know, like it's a he- hysteri- it's hysterical. And it's a must see to get a good laugh at a perspective of what happens after you die. Right.
2: Okay. And then the
3: other one that pretty much sums it up is Groundhog Day.
2: Wait, say that again.
3: The two movies that basically sum up like the joke of being alive are Groundhog Day. Oh,
2: Groundhog Day. Yes.
3: <laughs> and Defending Your Life.
2: Oh, man. because so Groundhog Day is just repeating the same thing over and over and over.
3: Until you get the joke. And that you'd rather live your best day no matter what. Yeah. And feel epic regardless of it's going to get you nowhere except the experience of being. And then the day he didn't care ever again that he was just going to get up and do it again. Like he stopped resisting same as it ever was like talking heads, uh-huh. Right. The day he got that was the day it was never the same day again. So it was like a catch 22 beautifully done. And, um, and so I, I really love that movie because it captures the bad joke of Groundhog Day in your life, in my life, and then defending your life is ethically, like you got to watch it. Okay. Sorry, it's a, it, you know, it's really, it really nails the afterlife and it really makes fun of humans. Um, it makes fun of our love of food. Like it has so many jokes in it that it, it changed my life.
2: Okay. I'm definitely okay. going to have to watch this one.
3: <laughs> it's so, it, like you'll get, you'll get that like, oh, that's a really good way to walk on earth,
2: mm-hmm.
3: right? It's not that I believe, you know, if you go, Lauren, would you bet your children's life on your, your spiritual notions? I would say no. And you go, well, then why do you talk about them and have them? And I'm like, because it makes life so much more um, present and enjoyable
2: yeah and deep and deep and deep
3: so and then you know i make people really you know you have no idea how many people write off spirituality because you know they don't believe in religion or they are stuck in you know because they're gay because of it like they like like they're they're outcasted They're, they're it's like so boxed in or the catholic priests or like everyone has like the like All of that and all of that doesn't let a person connect to their own definition of spirituality and what is it for you. And I don't think anyone like we all want to invent what it is to be a mother, what it is to have money, what it is to be a sister or a brother, what it is to be a friend, what it is to care about your community. Like we're we're missing the opportunity to invent for ourselves like what life is for.
2: And we just, uh, you know, you get it? Yeah. I mean, well, I'm just hearing so much of you saying of of just living, period. Like we have all these voices in our head or whatever you want to call them, but we're not actually living and realizing our true, like fulfilling lives.
3: Let alone realizing you could take over your inner dialogue
2: exactly well let's talk about that a little bit because you kind of touched on the weather stuff earlier but this was this was a kind of a wow moment for me too because I think that I know somewhere internally that I let fear drive a lot of what I do but reading about what you call the chicken voice Yeah, I was like, oh, my God, that is so it. That is so it for me to talk about what the chicken voice is.
3: Okay, so there are, you know, the voice of the chicken is the voice of, you know, don't say that. Don't raise your hand. What if you get it wrong? Don't tell them why you were really late. Tell them this, you know, don't tell your friend you didn't invite her because you're mad at her like. The voice of the chicken is is always strategizing how to not get in trouble, how to not upset anyone, how to not hurt people's feelings, how to get ahead by not telling the truth. Like it literally glorifies hide your voice in the name of keeping other people happy.
2: I think in the book you go, the chicken is just a pussy, <laughs> which it's, made me laugh it's, out sorry.
3: loud. <laughs> yes, it's, it, it really is.
2: <laughs> like if you
3: watch a chicken, it, it should be scared of everything because it's going to get eaten by anyone. Who right. Sees
2: it.
3: Right. Like the world is a bunch of predators going to eat the chicken. Right. You got that. And so the way we interact with the world at large is we're chickens. I mean, we're little, we're we're um, e- like everything about us is scared of not getting what we want. What's going to happen here? What right. if my mother yells at me? What if she takes away the car? What if she re- like, so we, we become liars to keep everybody else happy and we lose the voice of our true self. Wow. We don't even care about it. We're developing the voice of the chicken so that we can get ahead and then fear and strategizing, like, you know, the amount people strategize and never even have great sex with their own husband mm. because they don't want to hurt their feelings or tell the truth about how they like it, right? It's like, you know, and then we're so awkward to find our own voice about what we like. Like, we can't even have five sentences towards our own, you know, body parts.
2: Right. Well, right, because, because a lot of people in, might not even know.
3: Again, there's no dream. There's no talking right, about it. Right. It's
2: chicken bait
3: ba- ba- logic.
2: So a lot of the chicken voice is the people pleaser voice that we know about.
3: It's, it's people pleaser. And it also uses your past. It uses past precedents. Like, well, you got in trouble that time. Uh, why would you ever say yeah. it? Like, so it, it builds a case.
2: Okay. Right. Yeah.
3: And it's it. You know, there's our joke is that, you know, it's a bunch of squatters that like know what they know. And so therefore you can never have that relationship with their father and you can never ask that from your husband. And so you have to sneak and and you come up with all these other strategies because fundamentally you're a chicken and you believe that the other person's more important than you or you don't want to lose their love. Like there's some way you put the other your boss or someone on a pedestal and you're less than. And then this is like the only way you can figure out how to not
2: get. Uh, uh-oh. did you cut out Lauren? Are you there? No, I'm oh, right here. Say I'm that, right here. say that last part. It <laughs> oh, cut out. Okay. Just so, the part about you to so your boss. How you said so, figure out how to get and it cut out.
3: So what happens is, is we become strategists and use the voice of the chicken to come up with like, how to get what we want, given what we believe, which is they're going to yell at us. They're never going to give us that day off. They don't care about, you know, you getting credit about that. So you won't say, hey, I really want you to notice. Right. Like they they won't even ask for acknowledgement, Right. Right. Because so we have all these strategies of how do we get what we want, given the way we see the world, which is there's big bad wolves everywhere going to eat us.
2: Wow. And then we have a brat, too, which is kind of like our teenage self, almost.
3: Well, I am. You can imagine, even just from my tone, that I am. I lean way more on the brat side than on the chicken (laughs)
2: side. Okay, tell us more.
3: So (laughs) I'll do it tomorrow. I'll go to bed when I want. I'd rather starve than exercise and eat right. Yeah, I won't. Apologize, right? It's your fault. It, I can be mean, right? Because you hurt my feelings. Yeah. Right. Like I'll, I'll even tell you the truth without setting it up with you. Like very bratty, immature, impetuous. Like uh, like entitled. Right? Because I, you know, like really quite creepy, but yeah. really like a like a little baby bitch. Right. <laughs> right. But you know, I told the truth.
2: Right. Right. So you could you yeah. could have both though. It's not like you're like a chicken or a brat. It's like different oh, moments where we can be both.
3: We are both. Yeah. We have both. Anytime you don't have what you really want, whether it's the body, the money, the job, the marriage, the relationship with your kid, it's basically a dance between the chicken and the brat. Yeah. And and today's basic behavior. Right. Like, what did you do today? Well, I really wanted my kid to come with me. So I took away her phone and said, get in the car. Yeah. How'd that work? She didn't talk to me the whole time. And then I got really pissed. And then I said she couldn't go out. Right. Wow. And what was this all for? Well, I wanted to have a better relationship. (laughs) Right. And it's all her fault. Right. So there, you know what I mean? So it's like, and then blame it on teenagers.
2: So if you were coaching that person that you just told the story about, what would you what would be a better response or a way for that person to get what they wanted and have a better relationship?
3: Um, You would you would you would really share with your kid what you're sad about, what you're missing, what you yearn for, what you hope for. And then ask them, what do they yearn for, hope for? And then try and go, why is it this way? What do you think it is this way? What could we do? Like you would negotiate with that. Well, you never let me, you don't this, you don't trust me. You don't like, you're this disciplinarian that's a jerk. I don't want to give you love because, and I don't want to play with you unless I need clothing, right? Like you're no fun, mom. Yeah. Right. And so what could we do that would be fun? How could I make you happy and how could like how can we negotiate this? Right. Well, you know, and then you start negotiating and you're starting to develop that relationship. But you don't do it like you uh, get in the car
2: so forcefully or controlling.
3: Well, like you're the parent, you know, because I said so.
2: Right. Isn't it so interesting because I'm listening to you say that and isn't it so interesting to think about how many things or relationships in our life that, you know, maybe let's use relationships. I think this is an easy example, but like you probably have the same end goal, but because of our sometimes inability to communicate or be open or be honest or to know our dreams, it can fall apart completely like you just don't get what you want
3: once you think you know something like I know he'll never love me the way I want Uh huh. that's like one plus one is two so what any belief you have any theory you have about your husband about yourself about your career once you've locked it
2: yeah like you believe
3: that thing yeah no matter how much you wish it was different that's like painting a glass. It's still a glass no Mm -hmm. matter what color it is. Right. So the fundamental thing that I teach in the method and I get people to go after and really see for themselves through the process is the negative beliefs Uh that are age old in you, that unless you change your mind and change your own theory and hear your theory, you are going to keep proving that theory. It's the nature of the beast.
2: One hundred percent. I agree with that. I call them Aww. the stories in my head or the stories in, yeah. you know, but it's like if you decide something about someone, which usually for me is based on a fear I have, like it would be a fear if they, this was in fact right. true. But if I decide it, yep. every single thing they do, I will somehow be, see, I knew it. You know, I'll use that as proof to prove whatever that theory is in my head or that story. So
3: in quantum physics, Mm -hmm. they did a study where they shot like a photon out of a laser, and they created a test of like this thin little, you know, slit, and they shot the photon to see if the photon would go through the slit. And guess what? It went through the slit. And then they set up the test that they'd have two slits. And they shot the one photon to see if the particle would split. Guess what? The particle split. Amazing. It does exactly what we think it's going to do. Now watch for the kicker. Okay, ready? Yeah. So the control test was they had the two slits. They shot the photon, but they watched it on a camera. They weren't watching it in the room. Got me? Like the human was not watching. Okay. And the photon did not just split into two. It split into thousands.
2: Oh my gosh. Okay.
3: And then what they figured out is that a human's focus (sighs) is causing the way things move. So if you believe your husband's a (sighs) jerk, you're making him one. That doesn't mean that's all of it. If there's, you know what I mean? But there's a way to which we believe something and it proves itself.
2: Wow. So if you're
3: looking for the jerk on the road, you're going to find them. If yep. you're looking for how your kid isn't going to honor you, you're going to find it. What we look for, we prove out.
2: Yes. I've... So then go ahead.
3: So then, the genius would be figure out what you're proving that you hate and don't want to prove. Yeah. And then figure out what you wish you would prove the dreams, catch your inner dialogue and take over the focus.
2: And that's pretty much what this book teaches you to do. That was a, to me, that was a really good summary of this whole experience.
3: Yes. It's really, you know, 20 years later of, of practicing this on, on humans and yeah. teaching humans to human better. Um, it's, it's, it's so much more fun to be alive when you believe you have that kind of leverage and power.
2: I mean, isn't it true? You know, I've had days where my life looked exactly the same. Like I could have two different days, but my life looks exactly the same. The situations are the same. They, the relationships are the same. Nothing has changed except my attitude or, you know, the way I'm thinking about things. And I can feel two completely different ways about the same exact scenarios.
3: Yes, it's exactly right. That's exactly the point. So but you didn't create it are you don't know you can take over the yeah. That's like this automated like yes. oh I got lucky, the stars right. must have been right. Right. Versus like I can take over the control, like I can find the control dial. Right. Right. Like just like you know, you can take over like you could hold your P and then P. Right. right. Like 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 ladies and gentlemen. Let's take over our minds. It seems to be the Wild West of the new frontier of being true to ourselves and having what we want.
2: Yes. So what's the end goal, though? Because it's not like you just do this book one time or you make you write down your dreams one time. Right. And you're just life is perfect. So is this a constantly evolving state for us?
3: Um, It's even worse than that. Ha ha. ha. Ready? (laughs) Okay. Um, The minute, so I also teach like state, so it's all states of being. If you would go, your body is a three, right? On a scale of one to 10.
2: Okay. There's
3: how you think about your body. There's what you say to yourself. There's the memories you use against your past. Right. If you're in a state of three, the three is pervasive. So when you dream and then change your promise, like, and then like you have a vision and then you realize in that vision, you have to have very different you know, promises about eating and exercising and blah, you know, like blah, 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 right? So now pretend you lost the 20 pounds, you exercise four times a week, you take weekends off, you love how you're eating, you're so proud of yourself. Great. You can either choose to maintain, right, like stay at an eight for the rest of your life, or you can pretend the eight is the new one and start from there again.
2: Okay, wait, say that that again. No, I need it again. Tell me again. Okay,
3: so on a scale of 1 to 10, I would go on a scale of 1 to 10. I went, you know, my marriage and my sex life is an 8. I can go, well, let's just keep doing the same thing over and over again. I love an 8. Right. Right? Or in my method, I will say when you've been at an 8, you should call an 8 a 1.
2: Okay, so you want to start over and and keep growing.
3: Yes. I think you we I think humans came in with a bunch of problems and we're here to evolve our problems and that's the fun of being on earth mm. and so the more you game the system the more you want it's not I don't need more money I make a nice living I yeah. am very happy I, it's not about the cars but it's about my dreaming and and pushing the envelope and having a vision. Right. So whatever, like you, every human should be having that much fun being alive. We're going to be dead a lot longer than we're going to be alive. Right. Right. And so we get however long we get on Earth and like, really, folks, it smells good. It tastes good. You know, there's so much to do on Earth that you will never get to are you living and that, you know, like, are you living your own dreams and your own beliefs of what's possible? Yeah. And that's, and so when are you done with that? When you're not here anymore. Wow. Yeah. I'm pretty aggressive about that. I
2: love, I mean, I love that though, (laughs) because it, to me, all I keep hearing and what I read in the book and what my experience was with doing the activities was just, not that my life isn't good now, but my life can be so much more full. And I just realized that. And I didn't even, I wasn't fully aware of it, you know? Um, Yes. But once you write it down and it's not, it wasn't even a bad thing. It was a very like, Oh, moment for me, which to me is exciting. Like you said, I think it's super exciting. Yes.
3: Yeah. It's, it's, I, it's really for a type that loves, wants to and it really works against depression and it works against, you know, I had a client yesterday say that she, you know, very successful woman, right? Like embarrassingly successful woman. Okay? Yeah. And then what she thanked me for is ever since she took over in her dialogue and really like started doing this work, she hasn't been depressed ever again. Like it disappeared because she took over the narrative of everything that was depressing her. Wow. Right. Like she got even depression was her own choice, mm-hmm. not choice like anybody would sign up for it. But like there was a way you can take over your own inner dialogue and really evolve past anything.
2: Yeah. Well, the book is called Maybe It's You. I highly recommend it. It's been a very good experience for me. Lauren, oh, where can people find you? Are you on social media?
3: I am. We are. on. We are. We are. My Lord, right. We
2: have a news <laughs> are <letter>. you everywhere?
3: <laughs> we are, I, we, you know, 20 years later, we have a lot of content out there. So the handle handle group, you know, once you hit Handel group, you can get it. We have free, we have like, we are giving it away. Okay. Right. Cool. And we, and if you, and our main program, um, which is like a community, we have group calls, like you pay one fee and you're in for life. Wow. is called inner you. And okay. I, and it's 12 sessions, 25 minutes each of me teaching the whole method and the homework's on there. And there's, you know, a, you can get a buddy so you can meet people and there's classrooms that are all on Zoom. And I go on there like we're all like it. we built a world for community across the world. And so and that's the book, but on steroids. Right? Well, and you
2: mentioned that in the book, because once you write out your dreams and um, Figure them out. You tell people that they want you want them to go read them to someone like a trusted person. Yes, and that is so important, I believe. So that establishing that community—that's an awesome tool.
3: I just wish people understood how much more fun life is together. Yeah. Like and and every I have never read. You know, there it's very few people that think they have enough great friends.
2: Mm.
3: Right, and finding people you can do this with that are like looking for you too right is really special yeah okay guys so I I wish for you to to understand how much more fun life can be together
2: thank you Lauren and thank you guys for listening this is Kelly Henderson and you've been listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast I truly believe that every one of us has a little velvet and a little edge so it's so important to remember that to be strong you must be soft too Thank you so much for sharing in those stories with me. You can follow Velvet's Edge on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as velvetsedge.com. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me every Wednesday for more conversations on lifestyle, beauty, and relationships. Thanks for listening.
1: This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With Simelbo Grease,